So buying an investment is a whole different animal to buying your home. You definitely look at property differently when you don't have to live in it. Frank Valentic from Advantage Property Consulting is going to give us a crash course on what we should have as part of our investment checklist. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langeter. Frank Valentic from Advantage Property Consulting is possibly one of the most recognised faces in Melbourne real estate at the moment. He is renowned for helping people secure their financial freedom through education and building a portfolio of investments. The buyer's advocate we all know well from the block. Welcome, Frank. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thank you very much for coming in. Yeah. What should be our main objective when we are looking for an investment property? Well, it's really important to focus on you know, what is an investment grade quality property because there's lots of properties out in the market, uh, but not all of my good investments, not all of my going to give good investment returns in terms of you know going up in capital value or giving you good renters and good rental return. It's very easy to make a mistake. It's very easy. So yeah, focusing really on you know key principles of what makes an investment grade quality property, and, and that starts with you know the three golden rules, which is location, location, location. <laughs> so you can't change a property's location, but you can change a property, mm. um, and it's really important to focus on making sure it's the right location. Uh, if it's an investment. It's not necessarily a location that you might want to live in, but it's a location that will be a good investment um, location for you to have a property. So it's really focusing on that. So there's a website called walkscore.com. Yeah. It's great. You can put in any property's address and it'll give you uh, its walkability, how far that is mm-hmm. uh, to be able to walk to cafes, shops, schools, parks, and the high sc- the score out of 100, yeah. the better your uh, walkability and the better that sort of investment location. Um, it also comes up with a transit score, so it gives you a score out of 100 as to how close it is to transport trains, yeah. buses, trams, and again, okay. the higher that score, the better. So I think there's a little uh, tip there if you know, you're know you yeah. buying an investment property and if it's got a poor walk score and a poor transit score, yeah. it's, it's probably not, not the greatest location for an investment property. Yeah. Um, so. So that's something there that I look at first is yeah, location, location. If it's on a main road or next to a petrol station yeah. or backing onto a train line, then they are what I call degrade locations yeah. and they wouldn't even, uh, those properties would not even enter our shortlist. Yeah. Uh, they would get cut at the start. So it's all about location and then the property second. Mm-hmm. And then worry about the property and then look at the investment grade property features of, you know, does it have parking, does it... Uh, have security, does it have an outdoor area and all the other ticks that we look for mm. but you know, no use buying the, the best property uh, if it's in a degrade location yeah. because yeah. the location is going to underpin that property's performance over time That's yeah. the overriding sort of factor Yes. So how do you determine if a property is investment grade? 
Well, look through. I've got a 15-point checklist that yeah. I've religiously used myself for over 25 years as an investor. And so I just run through that list and I basically tick off you know, what this property has. And the first three, as discussed before, location, location, yeah. location, how close it is to transport, how close it is to cafes and shops, yeah. how close it is to other amenities like schools, beaches, parks, all the bonus yeah. things that you get. Um, so, so they're crucial. Once we... Um, meet the location criteria, then we delve into that the property's features, yeah. you know, the orientation, is it north-facing, so is it going to be lights and bright yeah. all year round? Um, does it have good security? Um, does it have an outdoor area, living area that people want these days? Uh, does it have parking? Um, what sort of aspect or view does this property have? Are you looking out onto brick wall or have mm-hmm. you got nice park views or, or nice views of... of uh, the surrounds, um, yeah. beaches and parks. and um, So having going through that checklist and, and going through everything yeah. and also seeing things like um, I like to have a property there that we can add some value to because I think as an investment, yeah. if there's ways that we can add value by subdividing in the future, uh, potentially have some development potential to, you know, if it's got a decent backyard, yeah. uh, potential there to add some value with renovating. So there's some of the, the 15 key criteria that I look at when I'm looking at property purchases. Yeah. Uh, floor plan is crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that on a previous episode that yeah. if you haven't got the right floor plan, you can't suddenly often change it and you know manipulate it if it's not open plan yeah. and the bedrooms at the back of the house and not the living area then often you can't really do anything with that floor plan so yeah. so there's some of the really key things uh, that we look at and and yeah. it is about location first and then property second yeah, yeah. and then adding value to Adding value, yeah, I've always liked to buy the ugly duckling, uh, the property there, that you can buy, add some value with some renovations and increase the property's value overnight and then increase the rental overnight rather than buy something off a developer. The developer makes the profit margin and you pay for the profit margin. Um, It's really about trying to add value and and build your portfolio. Um, I call it down the fast track road rather than going down the slow track road, which a lot of people go down. Do you want to... I hope I'm not um, cutting into other questions later. Don't worry, Frank's already done that. I already answer other questions. <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot. Can you... Uh, <laughs> can you... Um, why... Explain to li- the listeners... I think I know, but I'm, mm. I'll, I'll let you explain, obviously. Um, why is it... Invo- uh, Important, right from the get-go, to be able to add value. What, what's that going to allow you to do moving forward? Well, I think there's uh, you know the the fast track way of building a portfolio, and that's about adding value and seeing if there's opportunities there. That you know, instead of buying something that's renovated or brand new, if you're buying that property that is a little bit older, a little bit run down. That you you know you buy it at four hundred thousand, you spend twenty twenty five thousand on a renovation. That probably could increase in value often to be up and be worth over five hundred thousand. And so you've added that value with the renovation, and it's helped you create this equity from day one. Now you can then use that equity in the future potentially to tap into that, yeah. set up a line of credit, and use that extra equity, the hundred thousand you have, uh, as your next deposit for your next property. So it's, it helps you. Uh, grow your portfolio faster and it helps you uh, create equity 
uh, and that's really the name of the game in property purchases. Yeah, yeah. Cause but it also means that you're paying one less stamp duty because you're paying essentially, what, 6% yes. of the property's worth in stamp duty. So instead of buying a $500,000 house, you're buying $400,000. That's ready, yeah. You know, with 6000 less in stamp duty, yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you're, you're also, yeah. uh, you know, putting what you want into it. Yeah, and you can then capitalise the renovation costs as yeah. well. So the good thing is you pay for the renovation costs up front, yeah. but then you can depreciate the renovation costs usually over the first five years. You get the majority of what you put into the yeah. renovation back on your tax deductions yeah. and the, what we call negative gearing, um, and the tax depreciation laws allow you to do that. So essentially, you know, it's great because you're putting the money in, but you're getting the money back um, and you're creating this sort of equity um, and it's helping you build a portfolio a lot faster, which is what I've done with my portfolio over the last sort of 24 years and done um, with thousands of our clients over the last 20 years is, yeah. you know, go down that path of, you know, adding some value. Uh, and then the next level adding value apart from renovating is potentially doing some uh, getting plans and permits if you've got mm-hmm. a property there that allows you to put more units or... or um, develop a, a site um, and you can even sell it with permits or go ahead and do a whole development in the future so so I yeah. suppose that's the sort of the renovation is the easiest way to add value and then you know the more advanced yeah. strategies are you know subdividing and getting permits and then eventually um, if clients wanted to go down that path actually doing the development themselves and and having a um, you know, developing new properties that they can either keep or sell in the, in the future. So, so we've we've always uh, favoured those older style properties and um, never really chased the brand new dream. Um, yeah. You know, because those properties, like a new car, uh, they lose value as soon as you buy them because yeah. you know, they depreciate in value. And yeah. um, one of the things I learned very early was that land is king, and mm. uh, you know, land depreciates, buildings depreciate. So. Yeah. Try and buy properties that have got some land value. If mm. you're buying a, a unit, try and buy something with a bit of land, a bit of a, a yard, versus just buying in a high-rise building where you're buying airspace. Yeah, because yeah. airspace doesn't go up. No, yeah. it actually reduces in value. So whereas land appreciates and, and keeps appreciating. Yeah, that yeah, no, makes sense. He's got a listener question there, Grant. Yes, Gus from Clorinda is contemplating buying an investment. Uh, and he's wondering what is the best demographic he should be aiming for as a tenant. Well, Gus, I would always think a professional couple would be the best because they're generally you know, cashed up. They've got you know, two incomes, often got no kids, yep. uh, so they're, they're earning good income. Um, they're also generally going to be a lower maintenance tenant than you know having a family home where you've got young kids and a family as the tenant um, and they're going to be obviously there's a lot more wear and tear yeah. on a family home a screw on the wall yeah yeah <laughs> oh, they can do it real quick don't worry yeah. versus having a p- professional couple that's your mm-hmm. tenant that works long hours probably yeah. might travel and not yeah. spend as much time in the home yeah. so it's it's under less wear and tear mm-hmm. um, and often you know they might be travelling or working long hours and not really putting a lot of pressure on on the property in terms of its yeah. um, you know, maintenance so uh, so professional couple uh, in the it's re- great yeah it is your tenant and you know having obviously two high earning income mm. 
uh, people that uh, they can pay the rent and afford to pay the rent on time. Yeah. And then obviously the other factor being the, the low maintenance tenant yeah. that they're going to be as well. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a great one to aim for. Yeah. So should we be more concerned with capital growth or rental return? I think capital growth is the the key to building a portfolio. Mm. Uh, so you know you can have rental return, uh, but if you're not getting capital growth your property value stays the same and you're not moving forward and getting towards your wealth goals, whatever that is, retirement, creating wealth. Um, If you buy this property for 500,000 and 15 years down the track, it's still worth 500. You've gained no equity and you haven't increased your your wealth position at all. Whereas if you bought that property for 500 and doubles and goes to a million dollars, Your five hundred thousand closer Better to your retirement right. goals. So, yeah. so mine's always been capital growth, and and that's generally been underpinned by buying those properties that have got more land value. Yeah. Uh, that you know, even if I'm buying units, they've still got some land content, and you know, you're buying a unit that's got a courtyard versus buying an upstairs apartment yeah. that's got a balcony. Um, so always uh, f- focusing on capital growth, particularly in the first ten years of your property um, investment yeah. journey because that's where you want to build that wealth and create the equity. Mm-hmm. Then I say once you're sort of nearing more your retirement phase, which mm-hmm. could be you know, in the next 10, 20, 30 years, then you might focus on more of the rental returns, so yeah. more cash flow, where you might look at some, um, some investments, including commercial property, which uh, might generate higher rental returns yeah. um, because okay. you're after more of a... Um, income stream then versus in the in the first part of your portfolio journey of building, you want to try and focus on uh, building your wealth. Yeah. And then later on, um, as you as you're nearing retirement, we focus on more of that cash flow um, yeah. stuff. So commercial yeah. property actually has less outgoings, doesn't it, than um, residential property? Like you don't, the tenant pays the the rates and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, tenant pays everything basically. Yeah. So it can, be, it can be great. Yeah, they'll do the interiors and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you don't have to yeah. do You're not as responsible. Yeah. yeah. So commercial is a bit of a, a little. Um, it's a windfall for for some, but the yeah. other, the downfall is that. You may have to go with, without a tenant, tenant for, for a, long time. a longer time. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. And and I think commercial property is a more advanced uh, property investment. So yeah. I would never recommend. A first-time yeah. investor go in and buy commercial. Yeah. I think you know you start with a few residential, and then that might be one of those diversification strategies you have is to add a commercial property to your portfolio. Particularly if you're getting towards that age where you're wanting to either slow down in terms of your working yeah. um, or retiring, yeah. uh, that you know having having some more rental return coming in. Um, the other things to do a lot of my clients when they're getting to that that sort of cash flow. Stage they want to do more of the cash flow and, and have another income stream is they, they do buy, renovates and sell. So they're doing yeah. some flip, what we call flipping, where yeah. they'll go in and they'll buy, renovate, and they might sell and, and make some profit and create another, I suppose, little mini job on the side. It's like an yep. income stream where yeah. they've got some, they're focusing on more income. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not focusing on keeping all those properties. They're usually buying, renovating and selling or buying mm-hmm. And Again. paying down their other property debt yeah. over time yeah. 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 To, and just to accelerate being able to pay their home, for instance. Or, yeah, um, yeah. Or they, uh, said or they, they to might, do the next deal. Yeah, or they might buy and, and subdivide and sell or buy and get permits and you know just add some value, yep. increase the property's value and then 
and flip it. Flip it. That's called the, the, the flipping. We do a yeah. fair bit of that. We buy a lot of whole blocks of units for a syndicate of investors. Yeah. Um, and we recently bought some in Chelsea for 477000 each. And all three of those clients that bought in there mm-hmm. um, are going in and are renovating and selling for a, another income stream. And the first two have sold for six fifty and six ninety one thousand straight wow. after renovation. So yes. they're going to create some great cash flow. Um, and and some clients are at that stage where they want some cash flow as well. So it's you know they, they want a second income or a second job on the side yeah. and they don't want to have to work you know the, the normal full time yeah. hours of a, a normal uh, 40 to 50 hour a week job yeah. so, that, so, yeah. so that can so be a great way So you're um, combining clients buying power effectively and, and so you're not like necessarily just looking for one deal for one client at times you'll, you'll bring clients together and through the buying power of having more money there you can actually create bigger deals for multiple clients at one time in, a, in one deal sort of Yeah, thing. we do. Yeah. And so it's called our group block strategy where, you know, we've bought over 140 blocks of those units since mm. 2006 and, and rather than buying one for, say, 600, 650, like in Chelsea, I'd rather buy the three at 477. As a, mm. as a block. As a block. Clients yeah. get a great um, equity shot from day one yeah. and it can be, again, you know, a really smart way to buy. So adding value is one way. But buying in bulk, and if you can form syndicates with family and friends as well, and do the same thing that I'm doing, yeah. you know, because there's less people that can afford to buy a property like uh, that Chelsea deal was, you know, around 1.3, 1.4 million. Mm-hmm. There's less investors it. that yeah. will buy that versus yeah. there's more investors and home buyers that you're competing at in that Chelsea market that were paying 650 to 700 thousand. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so if you get yourself out of that home buyer's market, that's that's a great way to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, adding value, great way, and and if you can buy wholesale, with um, a lot of the unit blocks we're buying have been bought in syndicates by families and friends. Yeah. So that when we're buying them, you know, we realise there's a you know mother and, yeah mother <laughs> and daughter or someone that, that they've bought together and they've used the same model to do it as well. Yeah. So. Sounds like a nice little strategic plan. For those who haven't thought about it. Yeah. 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 How high on your priority list should you make your property manager's interest in your property? Oh, very high. Um, I think, you know, you need a professional property manager that knows the Residential Tenancies Act, uh, knows it well and has got experience. And there's been a lot of changes recently too. There's going to be over 160 changes coming up. Come yeah, so, you, so need, you need someone with experience across all that as well. Yeah. yeah, so there's heaps of changes. There's, you know, changes to, you know, Tenants can now have pets. Tenants can now only get one rent increase in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, as I said, there's over 150 changes uh, that are coming in. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it was always important, but it's going to be even more important because if you're sort of trying to manage your property on your own and you get it wrong, then uh, it can have obviously disastrous more, more consequences. consequences. Than ever before, really? Yeah. So, yeah. and also, you know, it's important to like, like the other professionals to get on on your team and on the bus, um, you know, get professionals there to do a professional job, to do something that uh, you haven't got the necessary expertise to do. Um, and I think a property manager there is really, really important. And it just takes emotion away as well. Mm. Sometimes it can be emotional dealing with tenants directly if you're the owner, yep. uh, whereas having a, a professional uh, manage that uh, expectations and some of those situations that come up as well can be challenging and uh, sometimes 
the tenants can be uh, difficult to deal with and having a professional who's experienced in that uh, mediation and negotiation can be really very, very smart uh, strategy. And it is tax deductible as well. So your property manager's fees, you're able to tax deduct those and, and you're able to then you know, have an expert and a professional working for you as well. Yeah. We will take a short break and come back with the rest of Frank's 15-point investment checklist. You're listening to Real Estate Right with Frank Valentic from Advantage Property Consulting. So Frank, what are the other 15 points we need to know for your investment grade checklist? Well, I went through most of them earlier. Some of the other ones are, you know, just some of the other amenities that the property has. So, you know, it's going to be really important to have things like heating, cooling, dishwashers and things like this, particularly when you're looking to rent your property out and you're competing against all these rental properties on the market and they've got heating in every room, they've got an air conditioner mm-hmm. and you don't, uh, your property's going to get struck off that list. So just having those extra things um, is really important. Uh, you know, a dishwasher, uh, also, you know, it could be alarm system so that, mm-hmm. you know, safety and security can be Again, another one on my checklist is you know, the, the safety and security of an area. Yeah. Uh, check out a property and, and look at uh, the demographics. You know, go to um, the cat local cafes and, and shops and look at what demographic of people are living in that area. Yeah. Uh, and if that demographic is is not uh, a demographic that you'd want in your properties, yeah. then you probably shouldn't buy in that area first. So, yeah. so do your homework first. So I call it the coffee test. Go and have yep. a coffee at the local coffee shop, sit down or go to a local um, shopping centre and you'll see sort of what the demographic is and if that's not the demographic you want in your property, you're probably looking at the wrong area then as well. So um, things like private laundry facilities are important because particularly female tenants won't want to share uh, you know other facilities with with other tenants and so having those private laundry facilities and touched on earlier, the floor plan of functionality yeah. is crucial to a property because we can sometimes manipulate the floor plan a bit, but mm. sometimes, you know, you can't do too much and change some of, you know, that. Especially yeah. in apartments where it's fairly structured, isn't it? Because yeah. you're dealing with other people's apartments, yeah. mm. either underneath you or above you, and uh, they could be structural walls that you're dealing with. Yeah, um, and also as I discussed earlier, the, the walk score thing—that—that's a, a key component for us because yeah. that sort of comes back to that location, location, location. That yeah. if it does have a good walk score, then it's going to be close. You need to be enough. able to rent, rent it out. People yeah. were, yeah, making yeah. that a priority, really, aren't they? Yeah, and a lot of people like the convenience factor of being able to walk down the road, yeah. not have to get in and out of the car, battle trying to get a car park mm-hmm. and doing all that, which uh, which we've got in our area, Elwood, you know, the cafe yeah. in Ormond Road strip is, is always busy. You can never get a car park. So yeah. you know, if you can just walk down there. Um, so there's some of the things there to look for in that sort of 15-point yeah. investment grade Beautiful. checklist. Yeah. What tools can we use to work out how much of an investment will cost me out of pocket? 
Um, well, we use a, a cash flow package, and it's uh, it's a fantastic one. It's called Property Investment Analysis, mm. uh, and it, it's one there that uh, you can buy online, and you know, I think it costs around four hundred and ninety dollars or something like that. And Jan Summers, who some people might know, has written a, a lot of books on creating wealth and building wealth, and bought a lot of properties. Mm. Um, it's actually a package that's. Uh, she designed many, many years ago. So yeah. um, you can go online and, and buy that and it's very, very easy to use. You can put in all the different variables about the property, about the purchase price, about all the outgoings, about what rent you'll get and your own tax deductions that you'll get, what your taxable salary is, and then it'll give you a number of um, what your pre-tax cash flow is and after-tax cash flow is. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to do before you buy a property because uh, you don't want to go buy a property mm. and then find out later that you, it's going to cost you $100 out of pocket and you haven't budgeted or you don't think you can afford that. Yeah. So, so I think that would be definitely one of the, the first things I do with an investor before we end up buying a property is um, doing the cash flow analysis yeah. and saying, this is uh, the analysis, this is how much it's going to estimate to cost you. Can you afford that? Are you comfortable with that? Because uh, I see so many people, I think 50% of people will sell an investment property in the first two years. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Actually, that wouldn't surprise me. The amount of rental properties that we do, photos yeah. and copy. Mm. Um, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. Actually, I'll get that right. No, 20% of people sell within the first two years, yep. yeah. 50% sell within the first five years. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah. and often it. Even that's surprisingly quick. Mm, yeah. Um, often it might be because they haven't done the cash flow properly, and within two years they're like, this probably's cost me a lot more. Yeah, yeah it's been five years, and especially if they got it wrong in the beginning, and it's just not having that capital growth where they're, yeah. mm. they're essentially seeing no benefit of having yeah. all these outgoings. Mm. Well, it's costing them more. Yeah, it's yeah. costing them. Yeah. yeah. So definitely do the cash flow before you mm. buy because I've had clients who have been in that you know 20 percent have sold in the first two years and it's because it's costing them more than they thought and they didn't do the the necessary due diligence before they bought yeah um is it essential they also say before they come to see you know how much they can borrow is that something you suggest they are doing before they would come and see a, a person like yourself. Yeah, or um, or we um, recommend you know before they start that they they get a pre approval in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either through their own bank or broker, or we can recommend we should use mortgage brokers, and we can recommend mortgage brokers that yeah. can again save them time and money running around trying to get a loan. Yeah. and getting the right loan, structuring things the right way. That are yeah familiar with the types of deals that someone like yourself do as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but really important. Yeah, I mean, if a good opportunity comes up, we've got to jump on it. Buying, buying ready. Yeah, yeah, you need to have a pre-approval, ready to go, deposit ready. Because when you know, I just bought this block of units in Maidstone last week, and one client bought all three of them. That opportunity came up. I had literally 24 hours before it was going to go on the internet. Yeah, we got in. He was ready. We took it off the market, and he picked up a bargain. Uh, deal. Yeah. But if he had made it subject to finance, the owner would have gone, "Ah, oh, probably not." Let's still put it online. Let's go anyway. online. We'll yeah. put it online. Uh, let's go to the market with it. And um, so, so yeah, it's really, really important to have a pre-approval um, because yeah. then, then you've literally got your. Uh, you can go shopping and, and take advantage of those opportunities. So, yeah. um, so yeah. you know, making offer unconditional and, and strong is is half the battle versus price. You know, it's not always about the price. Yeah. 
offer. They can be about the settlement. They can be about you yeah, know, um, wasting their, t- their. I suppose worried about wasting their time on, on certain people yeah. or whatever. And having you know, I've just saved that. Uh, that vendor has just saved probably ten thousand dollars in going online and advertising yeah. it, and mm. having to spend ten grand on advertising. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good deal. So you've mentioned it a few times. What is actually due diligence? Because I can t- almost guarantee you that not many people do it. Yeah, due diligence is really, um, you know, doing your homework, basically, yeah. about what the property um, is and what, what you should pay for it. So, you know, what the property is valued at. Um, so doing that sort of due diligence, uh, looking at past sales, um, looking at the data that we have access to so we can look at all the sales in every area and you know if we're buying a two-bedroom villa unit in Maidstone we're looking at all the sales in that area in the last 12 months and yep. we can go back to and look through the data so so yeah getting the price due diligence also then get doing my own due diligence on that investment grade checklist so I'm looking at does this property meet the criteria location security, yeah. orientation, so that sort of due diligence about whether it's so the right have, investment property. Do you have like a like 1 to 10 sort of rating for each of those 15 points? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I just run through that. Yeah. Um, and then the other important due diligence things are to try and look at uh, a property's um, area, you know, growth yeah. and look at the, the statistics of, you know, how that area is performed and we can go back and look at graphs over 20, 30 years get the property's value over that period of time and look at how that property's performed so that you know the the historical performance so mm. doing the due diligence on that so if you're looking at a property and it hasn't gone up in the last 10 years mm. uh there's been no capital growth why is it suddenly going to change and get capital growth in the next 10 years yeah, yeah. so looking at that past performance mm. um and then doing all the little bits once you get to the nitty-gritty section you know um, doing building reports to make sure the property is not infested with termites yeah. doing due diligence getting the a solicitor or conveyance to check through the contracts and the section 32 and check all that information mm-hmm. we do that as well and we contact council and find out whether there's any uh, developments or any uh, things that might affect the property's value mm-hmm. um, on a positive or negative way uh, so they're all the sort of little bits and pieces that we try and do but the main one first is about the you know the property and the location yeah. and doing that due diligence doesn't meet our criteria and then from there we look at okay what what about the price yeah. you know what should you pay for this property and yeah. uh, there are a lot of people that overpay for properties because they they don't do the the, the right due diligence yeah. and you know need to go inspect properties or use a buyer's advocate or go out and you know look at uh, different auction results yeah. and go to visit open homes mm-hmm. and and do the you know the hard yards um, and, and make sure that you you get to know that area yeah. and you get to know the, the prices. What are you competing against? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. What would be your best advice, you know, to those who want to start an investment portfolio? Firstly, don't uh, procrastinate because mm-hmm. uh, y- you know a lot of people think about it and you know think <laughs> and they get bu- they get busy and they get busy or they get nervous. Or, or twelve months has gone past. Yeah, or yeah. ten years have gone past <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they still haven't got an investment property. Yeah. Um, so I think there, yeah, obviously it's that take take action. Uh, you know, you're only going to get towards your goals if you if you 
make some plans to, to achieve some goals. You know, retirement, wealth creation isn't going to happen unless you win Tats Lotto. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to keep working and working and working, so hopefully... And that sometimes doesn't work for everybody. They sort of get this nice big cash thing and then they lose it all within five years. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I suppose just trying to set up a bit of a plan um, for and a strategy, um, you know, talked about getting the right team on the bus, trying to engage professionals like buyers advocates and professional mortgage broker, a good accountant, a good financial planner. They're all the key people, good property manager, good renovation company. So get a team uh, behind you that will help you achieve your, you know, your wealth creation and retirement goals because you, you can't do this yourself. Yeah. Um, I've built a portfolio with the help from my accountant, my mortgage broker, and the team that that uh, surrounds me. So, so getting that right team on the bus and and just making sure that um, you know you're actually uh, going to have a uh, you've got to have a crack at it. So you know the first one's always the hardest, yeah. um, and you know it's always the one that's the, yeah. the, the scariest. But once you get hopefully the first one under your belt, uh, then they do get it does get easier to build a portfolio. And and I say to people, usually we want to try and get to three properties. Because uh, if you've got three, you've got a reasonable chance of having a self-funding retirement. Mm-hmm. Anything less than that, you're probably going to be sitting back without a self, um, self-funding retirement. So, mm-hmm. so it's about focusing on getting to that three. But getting the first one is the hardest one and, and having people hold your hand throughout that process. Um, I was lucky my mother encouraged us to invest in property from a younger age and um, and I think that's important to have that parental support yeah. uh, that, you know, if you're, if you're wanting your kids to invest, then you want to give them the support and, you know, uh, yeah. help them and assist them because I know that was the first stepping stone was mum, you know, really pu- pushing us more or less and, and uh, you know, otherwise I probably would still be sitting there without a property in my portfolio if, if she didn't encourage us to and do that. And probably doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Yes, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, yeah. I wouldn't because I started because I had my own portfolio and yeah. um, my actual background was I'm a qualified secondary PE teacher. Okay. Uh, but when I graduated, I had no teaching jobs, so I got into sports management and uh, the fitness industry and for 10 years, And uh, but eventually went back to teaching and that I'm now teaching people how to build portfolios, yeah. how to buy property. Yeah, that's I, a passion I, of yours to educate. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not teaching kids how to kick, kick a football, yeah. um, which is what I was trained to do. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of went about 360 degrees, full circle. That's the thing, everything happens for a reason. You do something that leads to something else, and all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, you're doing what you're doing. So it's good. Very so I think good. that's all a lot to take in, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're right. Seeking help. And uh, even if it's a helping hand, to get it right is possibly the best thing to do when buying an investment property. We all make, make mistakes in life, but sometimes making mistakes with money, your future lifestyle and your children's future shouldn't be one of them. Uh, thanks for giving us a bit more of an understanding about investing, Frank. And now it's time for a little bit of Grant's Fun Facts. <laughs> and we're going straight into these. Right here, <laughs> episode 31, Fun Facts. Just under 8% of the population reported to the ATO as having an investment property, which is quite low. Uh, two out of every three investors were negatively geared and reported a loss on their rental income. 
The top investor age groups are 20, 25% are aged between 55 and 64 years, 24% are aged between 45 and 54 years, and 22% are aged between 35 and 44 years, and just 15% are aged under 34. Would that be fair? Would you say? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That seems about right. So. Of the property investors, 70, 73% hold one investment property, 17% hold two investment mm-hmm. properties, and six, less, well, 6% hold three investment properties, yeah. mm-hmm. and just 4% hold four or more investment properties. So, so it does drop off dramatically. There's yeah. not that many self-funded re- um, retirees out there. No, the case. not enough. No, no. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's why the government has a big problem on their hands mm. and they know it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that is it. Okay. Well, now it's Sue's quick quiz. Okay. Ready, Frank? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the best place to get a burger in Melbourne? Saintly Burger in Elwood. Okay. Oh, there yes, Saint Burger. Mm. What's better, the SB or the Corner Hotel? I like the SB. Yeah. It's uh, it's been great since they've renovated it and yeah. still kept the old character, which is great. Yeah. So many different little. Not as dark and dingy. As no, it no, the carpet's not as sticky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's your favourite cafe or restaurant owner? George Colombaris. Yeah. I like his. Uh, you know the. Greek restaurants he has yeah. so very uh, yeah. very nice. nice he's been unlucky recently wasn't he yeah. yeah if life is an Olympic sport what would you excel at oh good question life is an Olympic sport how the bloody hell do I answer that <laughs> taking holidays taking holidays <laughs> that would be your <laughs> I'm good at that you're good at, at that moment. yeah yeah <laughs> um, when was the last time you played an instrument or sung in front of an audience oh I did a karaoke night, a drunken one, um, earlier this year, and I was yeah. very bad. It's very bad? Mm. Yeah. What was your choice? Oh, I can't remember. It was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad. There's a lot of songs, and oh. it was it was pretty bad. I can't okay. stand karaoke. Okay. <laughs> oh, terrible. Uh, name a secret place in Melbourne that's your happy find. Secret place? McRae. Like, okay. a lot of people don't know wouldn't have heard some people wouldn't know where it is and yeah. what it is yeah. but just yeah discovered that many years ago and just yeah. love the beach there and the little shops and yeah. we've got a holiday house there and a lot of people yeah wouldn't know where McRae is yeah yeah, yep. yeah it's a little um, I didn't know till recently yeah. mm. little, little hammer it's like Capital Sound Capital yeah. Sound's one of those yeah. ones you've no idea but McRae's got the best speech on the peninsula I got yeah. told yeah. that and yeah. I, really? I have a mate of mine moved from um, Elwood to there and he said when we're looking to buy so just buy McRae it's got the best beach on the peninsula it has it's beautiful yeah, yeah. and it's quieter because a lot of people don't know only the yeah. locals go there you know yeah. tourists go to Rye Rosebud yeah. he's Sorrento. just giving the secret away yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes I, I can appreciate the um, some of the beaches you want to keep to yourself don't you yeah yeah Okay, what's your favourite building in Melbourne? Probably Crown, because I just yeah. just for overall, just there's a, lots to do there, and yeah. yeah, so the restaurants and yeah. you know we we sometimes will go there for a sort of stay vac- stay vacation with yeah. the kids just for a weekend, just to sort of you know if yeah. we're not going away for school holidays, yeah, you just so yeah, no, probably Crown just for the 
yeah. overall entertainment that yeah. it, it, that it has. Yeah. So if you were a stand-up comedian, what would be your subject matter? Sport. Sport, sport. yeah, I think mine would be sport just because I love sport so much. Yeah. How old were you when you bought your first home? 25. 25. So I bought a house in East Brunswick yeah. um, and mum wanted to get me out of the house because I had a girlfriend that I was bringing over. Yeah. She thought, no, that's not quite good to have a European boy bring girls home. Yeah. <laughs> so she sort of said you should go out and buy your own house. And, and so, I did. So you didn't rent anything prior? You no, just bought was, straight away? I lived off Lived at home. Mum and Dad were very nice mm-hmm. and looked, uh, looked after us. Didn't charge us any rent. Had a nice deposit and then yep. yeah, bought my first property in East Brunswick. Perfect. Uh, well, what's your favourite bakery in Melbourne then? Favourite bakery? Oh, we go down to the one, the Elwood one. The kids always want to go there and have lunch there. So just there's a local bakery. That's in on the corner of Glen Huntley and, yeah. and it's um, I don't know Broadway. That's yeah. the best one. Yeah, it's good. That's it's, pretty good. It's a pretty good. They kill it there. It's so busy. Yeah. The cakes are to die for. <laughs> so who did, who did you play soccer for, Frank? Melbourne Knights. So Frank has an amazing opportunity for one of our listeners. Uh, we a unique one. Very unique. And tell, tell us about it. This is for a, a Facebook like, share and comment Kind of, uh, yeah, right. We'll post it out on the Facebook. Yeah. Well, yeah. for all those people that are blockheads and like the block, yeah. it's an opportunity to come and do a VIP tour of the the new block, which will be New Street Brighton. Uh, so that'll be the next series, and to come through do a VIP VIP tour of all the five houses. Yes. Uh, so there'll be five relocated houses similar to the Alstonwick series. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah. Get into the draw and win your opportunity if you're a blockhead. Yes. Awesome. That sounds awesome. That's very exciting. So, again, Frank, it's been a pleasure, as always, to have you on Real Estate Right. Thank you again for your informative and entertaining answers to what can be quite a boring topic, investment. No, property's not boring. Property's not boring. That's for you. Property's... So exciting! Yeah. It, it is, is exciting. exciting. I'm like, can't wait. Yeah. So yeah, we look forward to having you on again soon. Thank and you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. That's all good. Thanks a lot. Next week we have Amelia Lee, the undercover architect. Amelia has her own podcast, Get It Right with Undercover Architect, helping thousands of people every week with building and renovating. Amelia will be talking to us about buying and building with functionality in mind rather than trend. It's a fantastic episode for those who feel overwhelmed with where to start. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted, written and produced by Sue Langada and Grant Kennedy. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and audio stock for additional music. If you want to be part of the draw for Frank's VIP, The Block Experience, like, comment and share our Facebook and Instagram ads this week. Be in it by Saturday the 22nd of August at 12 noon and we will draw the winner that afternoon. If you would like to contact Frank for any investment advice, contact Frank Valentic at Advantage Property Consulting on 9883-8900. And lastly, if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us with five stars on your favourite podcast service. Or if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on the podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Again, thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.